This past Wednesday evening, I got to see how it is supposed to be. It started out on the blacktop at Strandwood Elementary, just a few blocks from here, where my kids are finishing up first and fourth grade this week. It was 95 degrees out, but it didn't seem to phase the fourth graders as they wrangled music stands into order, setting up for their end of year band concert. They were giddy, thrilled to show how far they had come since picking up these absolutely foreign instruments just back in the fall. We, the teeming audience, grinned as they offered classics that ranged from Beethoven to Queen. Clarinets fell apart in the middle of songs, and, and chairs were knocked clear over by wayward trombones. Many, many wrong notes were played. It was glorious and perfect. After the concert, I followed my kids as they offered me grand tours of their classrooms, all decked out for open house. Desks were stacked high with the highlights of the whole year's work, and, and the walls were covered floor to ceiling with art and gold rush projects and poetry and more. It was good and beautiful and exactly how it's supposed to be. And lurking in the back of my mind, catching in my throat, was the sense of how easily all this gorgeous work could be turned into human interest snippets in the next horrific news cycle. One-liners about the next children lost to the next school shooting. Remember the fourth grader who adored his pet chickens. The third grader who would have eaten bananas for every meal if only her parents would allow it. Say the name of the first grader who could hula hoop for 26 minutes straight. I caught myself turning their all-about-me poems into the past tense. And I felt my blood run cold, stunned by, by just how far this nation's dance with brutal violence has gone. How numb we can grow, how paralyzed. And it makes sense. This, this is one way that our bodies respond to trauma, whether we have experienced it firsthand or witness the terror through another. Our bodies shield us from feeling the full impact of the horror. 
We live in a country where guns have now surpassed car accidents as the leading cause of death for children and teenagers. Let me say that again. We now live in a country where guns have surpassed car accidents as the leading cause of death for children and teenagers. A country where elders are shot at church, where neighbors are shot in grocery stores, where children are shot sitting at their small desks. you feel numb, there is a good reason for it. And this numbness, it it can become a kind of paralyzed despair, a a deep-seated resignation that nothing will ever change. I get it. I feel the temptation to give in and, and just stay there, numb. So, preacher, where's the good news? How then do we live? How do we change? I have been chasing these questions, chasing and chasing them, and coming up mostly empty. I don't have the answers. I, too, am struggling mightily. But I think we can begin with story. We can start by remembering those who have gone before us, who lived under impossible circumstances and yet kept on anyway. We see a glimpse of this in the Acts of the Apostles this morning. At the opening of the story, we are reminded of the pain that comes with living under an empire driven by greed and oppression. An unnamed girl is held captive both by a demon and by enslavers who are eager to make as much money off her powers as they can, no matter her suffering. And they are furious when they see that Paul has cast out this girl's demon, thereby ruining their business, and they seek revenge. The apostles are captured and beaten and thrown into prison. They are bloody and cold and shackled. But that night, an earthquake Comes, shaking the very foundations of the prison, making escape possible for Paul and Silas. And they do find freedom, but not in the way we might expect. Everyone here in this jail, at this jail, is in a precarious state. The jailer assumes that it is best that he go ahead and kill himself rather than endure the wrath of the empire that will surely come for him when they see that he has failed to do his job. But Paul and Silas are vulnerable here as well, in a new way. They are faced with a staggering moral choice. They can take advantage of the sudden cover of dark and 
save their skins, hightail it out of there. But if they do, they know what suffering will come for the jailer. Somehow, incredibly, all three men choose the seemingly impossible way forward. Paul and Silas must want to hate this man who has hurt them, who has kept them locked up. And yet they find it within themselves to stay, to reach for him and protect him. And the jailer humbles himself. He he receives their love and asks for help. He asks how he might find the wholeness they have found. How he might enter into the liberation with which they live. Asking all of this of the very people he has held in prison. And then time seems to speed up the the way it does in the whirl of wonder and relief and love. They come together, the, the jailer dresses their wounds Paul and Silas baptize him and his family. They leave the prison and enter the house. They eat together. They are made whole. These three discover that salvation comes for them together. Absurd as it may seem. They find that The salvation of one depends on that of the other. This is how it is most true, most alive, most filled with love when it is shared. We cannot find the wholeness God both offers and desires when we leave anyone behind. Silas and Paul's salvation is all tied up in that of the jailer and the other way around. And let me be clear, much of the time, I do not like this. In weeks like this one, it can turn my stomach. And yet, in baptism, just as we reaffirmed two weeks ago, we promise to seek and serve Christ in all people. We promise to love our neighbor as ourself. We promise to respect the dignity of every human being. And carried through all this is an even taller order that we seek and serve and love and respect those with whom we vehemently disagree. Those who we might think are at the core of the problem. Our salvation is all bound up together with those who are easy to love and those we do not begin to understand. So maybe this is one place we start, reaching for those the world tries to divide us from, the ones society dismisses as disposable. I say this, I say this knowing that this sanctuary contains the whole spectrum of political beliefs, which is good. 
Friends, no matter where we stand, no matter what we believe, we are told again and again that the other side, whatever that other side may be, is wrong. That coming together will be impossible and we should just give up on the other. But it is a lie. Tough as this work is, our salvation depends on each other. The way forward must happen together. To be clear, this this midnight baptism and table fellowship in Acts, beautiful as it is, it does not topple the ruthless empire. It does not do away with oppression once and for all. And so I won't pretend like reaching for those who seem far off is a silver bullet. But Lord knows we don't need more bullets right now anyway. Coming together in this wildly unlikely gathering does not solve everything for the apostles or for their world. But it does bring saving grace to a few desperate souls. It is a beginning. It reorients them towards life and liberation together. So maybe that's where we can start. We can recognize the understandable urge to stay numb and choose instead to keep reaching for another way. We can hold on to hope for whole order change and begin with the people near us. Begin by gathering the courage to reach for those with whom we think we'll find little common ground. Reach for those who have done us wrong, who we ourselves have hurt. It will not be easy or pleasant comfortable. But the way forward depends on us reaching to love one another, to dress each other's wounds and step into each other's homes, to gather around each other's tables. And so we start here. We start here, breaking bread together, coming from all across the whole spectrum to stand shoulder to shoulder. We keep trying because it is the only way we will be saved together.